Estamos transmitiendo en vivo. Waiting for the people. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Margie's here with me, laughing away. Bueno, pues, a ver, who's going to be joining in today? So, Miss Trina, welcome. Jakey Jake, hi, Jakey baby. Who else we got coming in? Uh, let me just pin very quickly before I uh, join in and with Miss Laya Bobe. I'm just going to tag in the comments what the session is about today. Um, which is, well, I'm not going to say it just yet. I'll wait for a few more people to come in. Uh, la, 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 la. And the first one is... Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Hello, Insight Institute. Welcome, welcome. Man like Ratty the Barber. Wah, wah, Ratty. Um, how do I pin this? Guys, I don't even know how I pin a comment. Hola, Ande. Policar. Y ahora, pues, how do I fix it? Fijar comentario. Bueno, aquí. Okay. Right. Liar's here. So let's bring her in. We're just going to take a few more moments to wait for some other people to join in. And here she is. Miss All Lisa. right. Hola, chiquita. Hola, hola. How are you? Cuéntame que hay. Can see me? Because let me know if you can see me because there have been times where the visual hasn't been the greatest. So give me a like thumbs up. Like this, you mean? Like this? Like that. Yes, that is not <laughs> the best. A ver. So yeah, just give me a little indication that you, could, you guys can see us well and we're not chopped out of the screen and all that jazz. Bueno. All right, so let's kind of take a moment to get into the session. I've tagged in the bottom what we're here to discuss today, but obviously we're going to explore it as we get into the events of the day. But Laya, do you want to do a little bit of a welcoming, rounding, set an intention for us before we go into what we're doing today, just to kind of set a nice bit of energy for everyone? Yeah, let's do that. So um, if you have any essential oils that you like, um, I have this one that my friend made that is earth, so it's grounding. So that's why I'm going to use this. If you don't have any essential oil, you're fine. doesn't matter. But if you have some, feel free to put a little drop on your hand. And then you can just do a little bit of this. Get a bit of rub, rub. Get a bit of warm friction going on. And then go ahead and just rest your hands down and close your eyes. <sighs> Take a full deep breath in through your nose. Open your mouth inside out. Just take a moment here to notice your surroundings, the sounds, the smells, the taste in your mouth. And start to bring your attention closer and closer to you. And take this moment just to notice how you feel. To recognize the state that your physical body is in your mind, your energy. And just take a moment here to think about what brought you to come to this life today. Maybe there's an intention of learning something new or exploring something. Or it could be anything else. Take a full deep breath in. And let it go at your own pace, at your own time. Start to move the body, open the eyes, maybe move around a little bit. <sighs> All right, I feel grounded. <laughs> that was super nice, thank you. And I really love what you said about, you know, the intention of being here today, that was the purpose of being here today. And I really hope that people who are on today have actually come with open hearts, open minds to um, perhaps receive some information that they wouldn't have received before. So. Big up everyone who's here so far. Um, and on that kind of like chilled notes, Miss Laya Bobe, um, what exactly is it that we're here to discuss today? Obviously, I know, but share with everyone that's here what we're trying to do. 
So what we're trying to explore here is what in yoga is called the eight limbs of yoga. That is, it comes out of an ancient text by Patanjali. So if you're interested in reading more about that, it is not light reading. Um, but the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali are a pretty cool book. So that is a concept that has been taken partly from there. Um, and it just talks about that there are eight limbs to the path of yoga, which is not the path to the headstand. And this is what we're going to explore <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. No, I and yeah, today we'll be talking about the first one, right? Yes. Excellent. So yeah. So just as I said, we're talking about eight limbs of yoga for a lot of people um, when we're when we say to people, oh, that we practice yoga, yoga and I, yoga and I, Laya and I <laughs> are both yoga instructors. Um, so before we kind of talk about the eight limbs and the particular one that we're going to discuss today, we want to know from you guys who are here on the chat with us, when somebody says to you yoga, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? What is it that, what's the vision that kind of comes up when somebody says yoga? Uh, Laya, while we're waiting for the responses, Tradition, before you got into yoga practice, what was the first thing that came to your mind when you kind of heard people saying yoga? Well, to my mind, it was exercise, first of all, just mm -hmm. physical exercise, right? Going into a room, and usually I thought it was it had to be hot, right? Otherwise, it wasn't really yoga. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just about becoming really flexible and getting into really cool poses and getting upside down. That was pretty much what I thought yoga was. What about you? Did you have a similar idea? Pretty much, yeah. It was all about, you know, like splits and legs up here and bending over backwards and being able to do these really elaborate things with your body that people just don't traditionally um, do with themselves. So that was kind of my initial uh, understanding of what yoga was. Um, Trina, differently though, says calm control of self and meditation. Okay. Love that. That's not the traditional kind of viewpoint of what um, people consider yoga to be, I don't think. And that's nice. No, it's that not. Actually more in alignment, and we'll see that as we, as we start talking, that is actually more in alignment with the kind of traditional idea of what yoga is. Yeah, I do see that point, though, Trina. I think um, sometimes there are people that I've heard say, oh, yoga's not for me because it's about sitting down and doing nothing, right? So I feel mm -hmm. like there's these two extremes in a way of, people thinking that it's this, you know, super spiritual thing, which yes, or people thinking that it's this very physical thing, right? When in truth, it's a combination of all the things. A combination so. of all the things. So, um, so there's that. And I think it's very important before we get into it that we kind of let people know what the rationale behind this series of lives that we're going to be doing is, because it is a series. Today's going to first of eight. Um, and the kind of rationale behind it is because being yoga instructors and being people who practice yoga, we're quite aware of the misconceptions of what yoga is. We're aware of the barriers that people have um, to practicing yoga. And we're both really keen to kind of really try to um, shift the paradigm, shift the narrative um, of what it looks like to be a yogi and the understanding of what yogic practice is. So I think it was like really important for us to do this kind of session to open up and create more access to yoga um, for people who wouldn't necessarily get into it. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? And I think we both said as well previously, and we said it on the intro that we did yesterday, um, both being like women of color, that is another reason why we find it so important to kind of share our yogic um, experiences, because a lot of the time we've been in spaces and haven't necessarily felt represented. We haven't necessarily felt welcomed so this is us kind of saying like, we're here, we're in the space. So you lot could be in the space too, you know? Right. So, and I, I think that it, it's also, I, I see that, yeah, for me, it's difficult sometimes to like take up that space, right? So if I feel that way, I know other people that look like me feel that way. And not just that, it just means that, you know, I'm still an young-ish, able-bodied woman, right? Yeah. So my barriers are relative. So mm -hmm. I also acknowledge my privilege in that and that it's still, even if I start to show up to this space, it still leaves a lot of people outside of it that would certainly benefit from yoga, which because I think everyone could benefit from yoga. 
and not necessarily in the physical get upside down to the splits you know right. thank you uh let me just acknowledge the few people that have come in so hi g uh hi lee also welcome big up to mary here hi mary <laughs> and thanks for sending up all the hearts in the corner love to see that uh, so people are obviously resonating and kind of feeling what we're kind of going through right now <laughs> so let's kind of dig in then so we've said that we're going to be talking about the eight limbs of yoga um primarily because we've said you know the misconception is that yoga is um what we understand um being yoga practitioners of just asana and asana is the fit for those of you who don't know asana is the physical aspect of yoga so when you do see people doing the vinyasa flows and getting into the poses and all of this this is um an aspect of yoga but it isn't yoga as a whole right and it's actually the third limb of um yogic practice but we're going to be discussing the first one today which is yamas so yeah the yamas yeah <laughs> So the yamas, when I first started reading about them, the, the definition that I found the most was restraints. And uh -huh. being the rebel that I am, as soon as I see someone tell me restrain yourself, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm a free being, right? Um, and so I've started to dive deeper. And as I've done so, I have realized it's not, it is restraints, but you can say it in many ways, right? So it is a code of conduct of how to behave in the world. That's how I like to see it, right? So yeah. other people would like to describe it as the do nots, which again, to me, it has a negative connotation when in reality, it's just, just be a good human, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like essentially. And I think what I really like about the Yamas as well, what, as we kind of um, gave the definition of it being an external code of conduct, you'll find that even if, you, if you're not somebody who practiced asana, physical aspect of yoga, um, these codes of conduct are things that you naturally kind of, if you're aware and you're a person who's trying to live in a space of awareness, you naturally kind of live these things anyway, right? And then what I really like about um, the kind of yogic way of life is a lot of it is very much um, just common sense practices, you know? And I think one of the barriers that people had when we talked in our um, intro yesterday, people were saying one of the barriers was the fact that, you know, they didn't want to feel like they were worshipping a different God and they felt like it was a different religion. And you can be any religion, you can have any kind of spiritual practice and you can still incorporate yamas specifically into um, any way of life. So as we say that, the first yama then, the first kind of, because there's five of them, uh, the first yama. Sorry. Okay. Ahimsa. <laughs> if you can't read Laya, it actually says Ahimsa. And I'm going to put that in the comments right now so people can know. If you have a pen and paper with you, feel free. Um, as we've said, the yamas are the external codes of conduct. Mm -hmm. And the first one of the yamas is called Ahimsa. Yeah. So Ahimsa... If you're going to research these, like Laya said, if you're going to look through the Yoga Sutras by Patanjali, you might find different definitions and different schools of thought um, in terms of how these actual things are defined. But we're going with Ahimsa today of the understanding of nonviolence, right? Not causing harm, um, being aware of how you move in the world, that you're not inflicting any kind of pain or um discomfort onto another human being animal the planet it's just the idea of being really like non-harmful yeah I, I believe it's and i believe it's important too to remember that it's not only toward others right it's that everything starts with me so right and i know that the way i treat others often reflects the way i treat myself and so how how often am I violent toward myself? And it's not necessarily that I like beat myself, right? Yeah. It's more about like, how do I talk to myself? How do I feed myself? How do I interact, you know, with my God, if I have one, right? Like, it's mm -hmm. just like taking care of myself in a way that is not violent, that is kind in order to be able to go out into the world and do the same. 
definitely. So I want to ask the people who are currently here with us, um, and with the understanding that we've just given of ahimsa being something of non-violence or not inflicting harm, what are some of the ways that you guys feel like you can incorporate this particular yama into your life? Like, I will give an example, like for myself, um, I can't <laughs> um, perhaps speak in a tone that can be received quite aggressively, right? So when you're speaking in a tone like that to other people and you're saying maybe what you believe to be true, you might be saying it in a way that is quite hurtful, you know, it's quite strong, maybe a little bit harsh. So I try to be aware of ahimsa in that regard that the words that I'm saying might be harsh and offensive to another person. So how would you guys try to activate this kind of non-harmful element into your life? So maybe like with the example that I just gave, speaking more kindly to people, you know, being more aware of my tone when I'm explaining or expressing myself to another person. What about you, Laya? What do you think are some of the ways that you can practice Ahimsa a little bit more? There is a very, very, very easy and at the same time very difficult way for me to practice Ahimsa and it's when I drive. <laughs> if I have plenty of time, if I have plenty of time. A angry driver, Laya, a bit of a road rager. Ah, compared to other people, maybe not, but to compare to what I, how kind I know I could be when I'm driving, definitely. So, yeah, so it's, it, it's an easy time for me to notice, right? Like, I'm, huh? So having a little bit more patience, then that could be a way of expressing right. right, being patient, because I feel like when I'm driving, I may get, like, you know, angry at the person in front of me because they're driving a different speed or whatever, when I would never let the things that go through my mind, or I may even say out loud while I'm driving, right, to yeah. a person at a grocery store. Or, you know, right. I never do their things because I know they're not kind. And even though I'm not actually harming the person, right, it's just not, it's just not cool energy. It's just not right. nice. Most right. definitely. Most definitely. One sec. So that's like, we're talking about, um, so, oops, Trina said, speak kindly to myself, positive affirmations. That's an excellent example of showing ahimsa to yourself, Trina. Like, it's perfect. 100%. Positive so affirmations are really good stuff. Really good stuff. Really nice way of kind of bringing awareness to, again, tone of voice and ensuring that you're not being too, I don't want to say too aggressive necessarily, but just that you're speaking with more compassion and kindness ultimately. Boom. So as a quick um, recap, Ahimsa, guys, type for us in the comments, what is Ahimsa? as a kind of, how would you define it, given what we've just kind of talked about? Because we're going to be doing a little test at the end of this to make sure that everybody's been paying attention. <laughs> so a little recap of Ahimsa. So that's the first of the yamas, yeah, the kind of code of conduct for life from a yogic perspective. I'm loving seeing all the hearts going up in the corner. That's really nice. Thank you for that, guys. So as we allowing people the time to type in and let us know what Ahimsa is, the second yama, Miss Laya Bove. That is Satya. Satya. Oh, sorry, I don't and know what that vocal was. You need a microphone? You need a microphone? No. Truth. Um, <laughs> yama. So Satya is truthfulness. Truthfulness. Which we were talking about this earlier. I do really believe that truthfulness cannot happen without kindness first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's really important as well that when we're talking about truthfulness, you know, people might automatically assume that it's just about um, not saying outward lies, not like not directly telling lies, but truthfulness is also about, um, I guess, being true in your actions being very honest with your intention. So when you're going to do something, but am I really doing this from a genuine space? You know, am I really mm -hmm. doing this because my heart's in it? So it's truthfulness in that respect. And I believe it's also kind of like true in being your authentic self, being aware of how am I showing up in this space? Am I really being me right now? Uh, whatever the me is, but that's a separate conversation about identity and labeling and all of that stuff. But, you know, just really being honest about who you are yeah, and it's so, it's it's uh, not it's not an easy thing to do. I feel like 
probably the easiest part about satya is not lying right i think the hardest thing is not lying to ourselves definitely right like not lying to ourselves is the hardest part and showing up authentically is very hard especially since the world continuously tries to tell us who to be how to be where to go where not to go right so showing up authentically is pretty much an act of bravery i feel like so right. i think there's a quote that says being who you are i'm paraphrasing but it's like being who you are is a revolutionary act something along those lines i believe and i think it's yeah. very very true it's so yeah. difficult um for various reasons to really be true to who you are in all spaces and all walks of life right and to you know and to be and to be true to yourself and to be authentic it relates back to ahimsa right i must be kind to myself in order yeah. to achieve that because mm-hmm. if i can't find kindness and compassion for myself i cannot be true and i cannot be fully myself 100% right so i'm going to be nosy and i'm going to ask the people in the chat to let us know when is a time when has there been a time guys where you have been untruthful to yourself like let us know one lie that you've told to yourself be honest because we are practicing the, the yamas right now we're practicing truthfulness So show up as your real self guys and let us know when is the time that you've kind of told a uh, a non-truth. We're not going to call them lies, a non-truth. There you go. Laya, do you have an example for the people of a non-truth that you've told yourself? My god, I could I have so many examples, but you know, I think I think staying in jobs for longer than I wanted to stay in jobs or not even jobs just like friendships sometimes, you know, just staying in things when they've expired just because mm. it feels safe because it's what i, I know one not recognizing not being honest about when it's time to release and let go and just move on i think that's that's a deep one i really yeah. really do um what what can i say when i've not really been honest with myself um i'm going to say it kind of ties a little bit into ahimsa maybe but i think I've had to work through a lot of the time the stories that I tell myself. You know when you have negative chatter in your head and the self-doubt and you question a lot of the things that you're doing um and a lot of the things that I tell myself in that negative chat is not true. You know when you question your self-worth, when you question your ability to do stuff, like is is this really true? Like of course you're worthy. Of course you have the skills to do this. You know, so I think for me that kind of um negative self talk is a non truth that i've experienced telling myself yeah yeah someone says being an, in an unfulfilling relationship right yep and yep. telling myself that i'm okay when i'm honestly not yeah that yeah just actually letting the emotions be what they are <laughs> yeah yeah when you know the right says been in an unfulfilling relationship yeah you know that is done you know this person is no longer satisfying you or maybe you're not satisfying the person and you're not really being honest about it and you're just kind of sitting in it and letting it fester um and yeah like telling saying that you're you're okay i think we've all done that people are like oh how are you today yeah i'm good i'm all right meanwhile your whole life is breaking down <laughs> so yeah, yeah and and you know i think it's important too to as we become authentic it's the realization that as i become more authentic and i become more myself and i become more true to myself right and i can take the time when someone's like hey how are you i actually say you know what i feel like shit i feel like life is falling apart i know it's not probably falling apart right but that's how i feel and as i yeah. give myself permission to do that i'm giving space for someone else to most likely be like oh if she can do that so can i right so mm. as i correct myself hopefully yeah. you know i support the liberation of someone else so mm-hmm. you know it's not all about ourselves it's about like how how i show up is how i allow, i allow other people in my life to show up as well so let me just put this one in the chat for anybody who wasn't familiar with the um the word and the pronunciation and bloody blah and it's truthfulness can i even spell right now <laughs> so uh Tasha said, "Hello back to Nick by the way." Tasha says, "I think mine is self-worth allowing the negative talk to take over." Yeah, okay. So in that element, the satya 
the truthfulness is you kind of being, is this true? Like the truthfulness is actually, when you're telling yourself I'm not worthy, the element of satya that you can apply there is actually saying, well, actually I am. The truth of this is I am worthy. The truth is I actually do have everything that I need. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's a way that you can apply satya. When you're noticing that negative talk and all of that negativity is reflecting and actually being questioning, is this a reality though? No. And also discerning that, uh, also discerning that some of the voices that we hear in our head that have nothing good to say, you know, sometimes they don't come from us. They may come from parents, from teachers, from, you know, people that have decided that it was important for them to tell us how bad we were at certain thing. Right. And it's like, but deep down, is that true? And most of the time it isn't. Facts. Yeah. You know, a lot of the time, you know, people will say to you, oh, you're so this and you're so that. And why are you like this? And why? And it's like, uh, actually, relax. Because no. So, yeah, I definitely feel that that's a, another area where we have to kind of apply satire and really question the labels that are put, in, put onto us. Gaslighting. Um, just gaslighting, yes. right? Facts. So, um... Yamas, number one, ahimsa, which was non-violence for self. Number two, satya, which is truthfulness. So we've got two, five, and Laya, number three, yellow, go. Hasteya. Hasteya. <laughs> I'm going to type that one in right now. So as I type that, hasteya. is non-stealing. which again i the first time i read some of these things my first thought is oh i I, i'm great at this i don't steal stuff right like i don't go places and steal (laughs) but it's a little bit deeper than not stealing physical things from other people yeah yes what i'm saying so when we're talking about us there non-stealing we're not talking about raw i've never run in and teeth something from somebody like you can steal energy from somebody you can steal someone's time you can steal someone's peace yeah so there's so many more things that you can subconsciously be removing from people without their permission because that's what's or yourself taking something that's not yours again sorry babes or yourself right yourself i can steal my own time by sitting on facebook for four hours and then saying I don't have time to do yoga today, right? Oh, or, yeah. <laughs> right, I can, yeah. I can steal my own peace by doing things that don't serve me. I can definitely steal from myself way more, I think, than I could ever steal from someone else. Facts, 100%. Um, Nick says, I feel like I need a baby. We did say, we did say, bring a notebook and a pen. <laughs> we did say. Go, run now. Go and get one. Real quick and come back. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So, excellent. So, on that note then of non-stealing and non-stealing not necessarily being about removing and taking physical possessions, guys, um, what other things that you feel that maybe people have stolen from you? That's my question. Um, I think we've already given quite a few examples, but I mean, I've definitely felt like... um, I have allowed people to still, in fact, let me keep it internal about what I've done because that is a big part of what this all is, is being aware of ourselves and what we do, right? So I have been guilty of um, not reflecting Asteya by, and to me, myself, stealing my life. And I say that in the sense of, like you said, Laya, when you're kind of, lost when you teleport you know when you're in the past remembering things that happen and you're thinking about <clears throat> why did this happen and did it and i take myself into the past and i'm renumerating out over that or i'm projecting into the future and i'm worrying about what could happen and what might happen and da-da-da, and not just giving myself that future time i'm stealing away my life because when i'm not in that present moment I'm removing all of the abundance of the now from my existence. So I think I'm guilty of stealing in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I do so much of that. (laughs) So much of that. Yeah. And also, and also I think energetically, right. I can, I can steal someone's energy 
by showing up in whatever state, right, without like maybe grounding myself before going into a situation or taking the time after a stressful day, right, to maybe like remove myself and let go of that energy, right, and I can show up into a space where someone else is probably very peaceful mm. and suck up their energy or suck up their attention just because it's what I think I need at the time instead of getting it for myself. I think that is yeah. something I'm very guilty of doing and I work very hard on. And also I think it's important to note that none of these things requires to be perfect, right? In order to move through them. It's about just awareness. And I may notice that I repeat the same pattern a million times in my life uh -huh. and that's okay. Hopefully at some point I'll change the pattern, but it's I part Right. It'll keep showing up until I do something about it, but just the awareness, it's what is relevant here. Not now having to just like, Oh, okay. I need to change everything I do. And anytime I fail, I'm just, cause again, then we lose the first one, which is nonviolence and, non and kindness. Yeah. So Tash said, what did Tash say? Uh, Priceless 1980 said, I got a new job and I complained. I was put on furlough and I complained. I wasn't, it wasn't until I went back to work that I realized that I need to put my energy into here and now stealing my, see that there, Tash? That yep. right there is exactly what we're talking about. 100%. That right there. Revolution. Revolutions? What? Revelations. <laughs> Great revolution. Revolution. Yeah. Revolution. With the revolution of the self. There you go. It's a revolution of the self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that right there is beautiful. Love that, Tash. So we've looked into Ahimsa, and I'm going to keep recapping these guys because we're drilling them into your psyche today, right? <laughs> so um, the first of the Yamas is Ahimsa, which was nonviolence. The second was Satya which is truthfulness and the third is asteya non-stealing we will recap all of this at the end but i just think it's nice to kind of give these little brief recaps as we're going through to kind of drill into the mind so um if that's three number four that is this one you're gonna have to write for sure right brahmakarya i'm gonna write that now i can never spell and it. Huh? And that is moderation and non-excess. Um, in a lot of texts, it's also written as celibacy. Mm -hmm. And again, when I first read that, I was like, well, we're done here. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, but it's more about finding balance on mm. all the things, which... I think is probably one of the hardest for, things for me to do because I'm either all in or all out on a lot of things when non-excess moderation means, yeah, you can have the things and you can do the things, but like just find where the balance is and not, you know, just put all your energy into one thing and then not into the next, right? Like maybe you focus all your energy on work and then you forget about your family, right? Like just finding that balance of moderation. I would say for me, uh, before I go to me, Tasha says, that's what I find hard. I think that's what a lot of us find hard, Tash. And I feel like this is why it's really important. Um, I'm kind of sidebarring a little bit, but stick with me. Um, the kind of eightfold yogic path, what we're discussing now, when you really kind of delve into them and you... Um, attempt as much as you can to live by them you will find that they're really just ways to help you keep balanced in life it's all about just the way you um stay focused on yourself and kind of just manage your way through scenarios right so we said when we're talking about like truthfulness that's not a concept that's fresh and brand new to us right but again if we're not kind of focused on it and trying to live by it daily we'll find that we can stray and we can telling ourselves all of the non-truths and finding ourselves in dodgy relationships and being in jobs that we're not satisfied in. So when we really kind of try to focus on these eight limbs of yoga, you will find that it really does allow you to move in a completely different way and in a different space. And it gives you a, it allows you to kind of elevate your awareness and 
in ways that you probably wouldn't even do if you weren't focused on this kind of um, thought process, if you like. Um, right. So, sorry, did you have anything else that you wanted to add on that, uh, Laya? No, no, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I'd like to add that, you know, when I think about like, oh, I want to be balanced, I, I need to remember as well that for there to be balanced, there has to be imbalance. I cannot know what balance is if I don't know what imbalance is. So it's kind of an oxymoron, you know, like they, yeah, they're, they're part of each other, right? So like my life will go up and I'll feel super good, super balanced, super steady. And then the next month I'll feel like everything's in shambles. And that's part of it. That's part of, then I get the awareness of like, hey, this is coming too far off balance. Mm -hmm. What do I need to do? What do I need to readjust to bring myself back? up and right. then eventually go back down and it's just that's the way it is yeah that's that's kind of you know when people talk about negative motivations where people kind of find things like for example i don't want to be that person i'm so clear about what i don't want so i'm going to work towards what i do want i think i'm a kind of like negative motivation person like when i found myself going too far in an area that i don't want to go then it's like mm, okay babes we need to focus and kind of come back this way so definitely right. that that's kind of how I notice. I'm not really the person who's doing all the good things. Like, oh, actually, let's slow it down a little bit. Um, but in, and again, this idea of moderation and keeping the balance is across the board in everything: food, sex, relationships, um, your emotions. Like, if you find you're always angry, like, what can you do to kind of not not be angry? Because anger is an emotion that's there to be experienced, is there to be felt, but again, if we're noticing that we're constantly angry and we're constantly in that space of high tension and all of this, like that's a, a point in time where we kind of have to take the moment to be like, okay, this is way too up here. What can I do to kind of like shift the balance a little bit? Yeah. So definitely. Um, yeah, and I, hard, yeah. Oh. and I think it shows up, it shows up for me again, also across the board. Right. So if I find myself with like really high energy all the time, right? Like maybe I can't sleep or whatever. Right. It probably correlates, right. It probably correlates with my work life. Am I just working so much that I feel like I need to keep going? Right. And I put myself in the hamster wheel and mm. then maybe my interactions with people are also too high energy, right? Like it, everything just kind of fluctuates that way. Mm. And I need to find where the main imbalance is bring that down and usually everything comes back down with it right yeah. most definitely so brahmacharya balance guys in everything and i think as well actually let me just say being a woman who really identifies and acknowledges the masculine energy within herself right i you know i'm a sun sign um i'm a leo woman um you know, i'm raised in a caribbean family that's very loud and aggressive and so i naturally have a lot of fire energy in me right a lot of masculine energy so another thing where i feel like i need a bit of brahmacharya which is balance is to kind of really exploring and expanding in my feminine because it's not a space that i'm used to being in you know and again if it's too masculine it's not really the space that you want to be in you know so for me being able to kind of tap more into my feminine is an area that I feel like I could strike balance for myself. I actually relate to that absolutely. And it might have to do with the fact that we have the same sun sign, right? Possibly. <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, yeah. Guys, tell us really quick, what areas in your life would you like to strike more balance in? Maybe work too much and you want to chill a bit more. Um, maybe you're a giver, you really give, give, give a lot and you kind of feel like, okay, maybe I need to allow myself to receive a lot more from other people. Um, what do you kind of feel like are areas that you want to balance out a little bit? Uh, Tasha says, how do you expand in your feminine? Ooh, child, that's a whole other show, baby girl. <laughs> that's a whole other episode. Um, I will say though, just very briefly, um, again, I'm, I don't, I'd rather kind of deal with this on a separate, but um, I feel that the awareness of the masculine and then almost just kind of doing the opposite. It's a very kind of layman's way of looking at it. But if you know that you're kind of always very 
aggressive and loud, then you could try to kind of like be a little bit more um, calm and a little bit more nurturing and a little bit softer. Um, and that's not to say that feminine energy is weak. Let me just say that first. There's nothing weak about feminine energy, but it's definitely very more nurturing, very more calming and a very more cooling space than the masculine yang energy. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just remembering the kind of like the sun and moon, right? Yeah, the sun, sun, the sun, sun and moon. And I'm actually moon and Sagittarius as well. Uh, where art thou, my? <laughs> she said, "Where art thou, my feminine side?" <laughs> Babes, I feel you. I feel you, babe. It's a whole situation. Yeah, and that's and that's part of the things that I know that I can nurture through practicing yoga, right? Because again, I'm trying to find balance, and it's. What I was going to say is that the sun and the moon would be sun is the masculine and moon is the feminine, right? And again, it doesn't mean masculine as in male or no. feminine as in female. No. It's just, <laughs> right? It's just energetically. So think of the moon as uh, like the feminine energy, like cooler, more grounding, more calming, right? While the masculine energy is like more everything's mm -hmm. up here and it's hot and it has to be right now. And that, and just to tap, just to kind of extend that a little bit as well, that's um, a big portion of why we have sun salutations, which are for um, heating the body and getting moving and action. So when we're talking about asana, guys, when we're talking about the actual physical flows of yoga, sun salutations, as I've just said, are about um, heating the body, getting that activation within you, getting that flow and that circulation. Whereas moon salutations. Um, are the complete opposite. It's all about cooling the body and calming and relaxing and all of that. So even in your asana practice, the physical practice, there are ways that you can create that balance and that brahmacharya that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, who's this? Javi. Hello, Javi. <laughs> so that's number four. So the fifth and final then Aparigraha. I'm glad you said it because I can never say it. Aparigraha. I'm going to say it. Aparigraha. And that is non possessiveness. So, which could also be interpreted as generosity, right? Mm. Yeah. And I'm just going to put a slash here. Right, thank you. I need to find out what my son and yeah, that might be helpful to you, Tash. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just typing it in the chat. So if you do have your notepad and pen and that, and you are taking down notes, there you have it. Aparigraha, non-possessiveness and generosity, and I think as well, like, an understanding that I take of aparigraha is also like just openness of heart. You know, this is non-possessiveness and generosity. It's like, we are all individuals who have very unique, divine um, traits and qualities about us, right? And sometimes we just keep that shit all to ourselves. yeah? We don't share our amazingness, our epicness, all of what we are, with those around us and i feel like that kind of reflects on the non-position because you don't don't be selfish with yourself share you share with the universe all that you are right and don't kind of hold on to it come into spaces and be open open to receive things um right so that is one element of a parigraha that i kind of really uh resonate with i guess if you like right i think um, I think one that I, I like to remember, especially, you know, it is what it is. I, I live in the United States, right? And consumerism is insane, right? Yeah. And I find myself caught in it. And it is, you know, it's an easy way for me to get things that I really don't need, right? Yeah. And that's like, well, I need, 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 right? Because of the television, they're like, you need this. You want that. <laughs> No, I actually don't, right? So just, so again, having the discernment of, and the balance and figuring out what it is that I actually 
need to fulfill my needs and my wants, right, and take care of myself, and what is actually having for the sake of having, because, well, if I can afford it, I'm going to have it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also as well, an element of aparigraha, non-possessiveness, is the idea of, like, non-attachment. Because I feel like a lot of the times we get, we just are so attached to not even things, not even possessions, like the ideas of things. You know, maybe you have a desire for something and there's nothing to say you can't have, there's nothing to say that we shouldn't have, you know, goals and objectives and want to reach for things. But we hold so tight onto the result that we don't just open the space for allowing things to be what they're going to be. Do you know what I mean? Which if, if you think about it, anything that I can conjure as a goal uh -huh. is probably nothing compared to what the universe or God or whatever you want to call it can uh -huh. conjure for me if I let it, you right. know? Yeah. Because I have a limited view while the universe is limitless. And if I am open enough and generous enough to just be as I am and just let shit happen, then the result is usually mind-blowing. So when I just, like, my beliefs and my this and my that, right, like, I become possessive of my ideas and my whatever, then usually the end result is just this. It's not that great. No, I feel like people might not want to admit it, but I feel like people are very possessive with love as well, right? And... I say that in the sense that a lot of the time people are fearful to love. And it's like, I'm going to, I'm not going to love. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to be so open hearted. I'm just going to kind of stay here. And even with their relationship, they're very, you might even find that people are very possessive of their partners. They might not admit it, but you know, when we experience jealousy, when we experience like the whole idea, but why, why are you with, I, I don't own you. We don't own people. Like, you have no say over what that person does with their life. Yeah, you don't own them. And I feel like when we really understand something like Aparigraha, it's like you then come into the realization of, do you know what? Let me just, let me just let it go. I'm going to be generous enough to give you all of your space. I'm going to be generous enough to allow you to be everything that you want to be. I'm going to be generous enough to give you the space to go and explore all of the things that you want to explore because you are your own individual and I don't own you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look at all those hearts. I agree with that a hundred percent. And it's, again, it's, I think, I think, guys, I think, um, it also, it also relates to the way we are brought up. Right. Yes. Sorry. Lyle. So, oh, no, fine. so, so I think it goes back to the way we are brought up, right? Like you have a partner and they're your spouse and this is my friend and these are my yoga students. When yeah. in reality, I don't own any of it, nor do I want to because then I'm responsible for what it or him or her do, does with their life, right? Yeah. And that's the goal. I, I mean, ideally, I would love to be surrounded by people where we just support each other and we encourage each other who are generous with each other without putting, you know, restraints on what the other person is allowed to do in order for me to be comfortable. Right? right? Yes, 100%. Trina says, attach the previous hurt so it stops, exactly, it stops you from experiencing new love. Precisely, right? So that holding on, it's like, it's like that, isn't it? When you're holding on, you're literally like this. But when you release and let it go, your hand and your palm is now open to receiving, right? So when we're holding on to things, we're only doing ourselves a, a disservice. But when we release and let go, it's like, okay, now I'm open to receiving all of the abundance, all of the love, all of the positivity from the universe. So facts to that. And Carmen Wilson, who's my Marjorie. Hi, Marjorie. Love you, mom. <laughs> she says, we are all born to the world. Indeed, like nobody owns anyone. We're all here to have our own unique experiences. And nobody uh, governs us as the same as we don't govern anybody else, you know? Absolutely. Shout out to Gigi Ash. Well, Ashley, you're late today, babes. You're usually the first one in here. Where you been? It's like, what, what time do you call this? <laughs> Love, 
lovely, 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 jubbly. So, um, as a bit of a recap, we're just going to do a bit of a quick quiz. I hope you guys have been taking down some notes. Uh, so, we're just going to kind of uh, pop quiz, I guess, if you like. So, starting from the top, guys. Ahimsa, the first one. What do you remember of being Ahimsa? If you don't remember, it's fine. But if you do remember, go. Let's see who the star students in here are this evening. If you've been with us from the beginning of the session. So Ahimsa as the number one Yama. Um, Yamas being the codes of conduct from uh, the eight path yogic lifestyle. Ahimsa. What did you guys remember of that? These are Marjorie coming in. You come and ask me what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, when they look like everyone's drawn a blank. Nobody remembers what Ahimsa is. Nobody remembers. <laughs> it's non-violence. Non-violence. It always starts with kindness. Right? Said, Ahimsa is not stealing. Eh, er, it's not ah, wrong. Yes, non-violence. Non-violence. Excellent. Well done, my love. Non-violence. Well done. Ahimsa is non-violence. And again, we were saying that we can show non-violence to ourselves by being kind, being compassionate. Um, and to others as well, to the environment, being careful of how we treat things and people around us. Excellent. Right, number two, Satya. Do you guys remember what was Satya? Let's see. Mamaji, Satya. She said not stealing again. She's obsessed with this not stealing one. Maybe one. Yeah. At least she remembers one, right? Yeah, and again, I think it's important to... I think it's important to give ourselves time to absorb new information <laughs> and and know that right and know that some of it will translate super quickly into our brains and it will be easy to apply and some of them will just go right over our heads and that's okay yeah. it's 100 okay and on that note actually guys um if you send us a dm actually this is something that we forgot to mention yes nick truthfulness satya is truthfulness yes if you have been with us in this session and you've um, enjoyed it and the information, send us a DM because we've actually created a little worksheet, a little prompt sheet um, about these yamas that you can use as your own kind of personal journal to remind you of what the yamas are, but also kind of keep a little bit of a track of how you're incorporating each of the yamas into your daily life, right? So if these are things that you kind of feel like these are resonating with me and I do actually want to pay a little bit more attention to these things as I'm moving through um, every day, send us a DM and we can send you uh, that little prompt, that little tool that can help you kind of remember all of these stuff and really live it, embody it, because that's what it's all about, right? Boom, truthfulness. All right, so yeah, Trina said the first one, Nick said the second one. Number three, 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 Asteya. Oh, she's gone now, she's come out. This was the one. Asteya. <laughs> Asteya. Asteya. And so I, let me help a little bit. So Asteya is when we was talking about um, being aware of how we uh, remove time from people, perhaps how we remove energy from people. That was the kind of idea around Asteya. So what do you guys remember about that one? And I'm actually, I'm actually impressed, though, to be fair, that um, yeah. because again, it's the the terms that we're using are actually traditional Sanskrit terms, so they're non-English terminology. So it, it is understandable that you know people be like, huh, what? There it is, not stealing. Muy bien, chica. Muy bien, Tasha. Also, not stealing. Well done, guys. <laughs> Uh, number four, <laughs> she got it. Mom said, steal it. <laughs> Brahmacharya. Was Brahmacharya when we was kind of discussing, um, you know, perhaps if your energy is super um, sun, super masculine, and maybe you want it to be a little bit more feminine. Uh, what do you guys remember about Brahmacharya? Brahmacharya. Let's see what people have got to say about this one. I do feel like responses to come through, Laya. Um, for you, which is your which of the yamas resonates mostly with you? 
I was going to say Brancharia by far because I, I it's where I struggle the most. So mm -hmm. I guess technically it's where I resonate the least, right? But it's where my work is. Yeah. Right? It's where I know that I have to continuously come back to it and be like, okay, where am I? How balanced do I feel? You know, what do I need to readjust? Yeah. What, you know, what kind of moderation can I bring into my life in order to live better and feel better? Yeah, most definitely. Oh, I think we've, got, we've hit a struggle with this one. So let's, <laughs> let's help everybody out. Hey, go on, Margie. I saw your butt. Moderation. Woo! There you go. Moderation, on, balance. Yes, Marge. Balance, squad. <laughs> Can I just say as well? Let me just let me just point out the fact that um, my Marge isn't actually familiar with any of this stuff, so she's literally learning on this live right now. So I'm very proud of you, Margie. That you remember <laughs> the world directing done, your energy. Directing, directing your, your energy. energy. Yeah, well, that's a good way to. And Finally, Aparigraha, when we were talking about um, holding on to things and feeling attached and, um, you know, the concept of, oh, if I say that, I'm going to give it away, but yeah. So in the meantime, which one do you feel the most connection to, Ascala? I love, I love, I love what you did there. Um, <laughs> the one that I feel most connection to, I think, to kind of take your stance on it, the thing that I kind of probably struggle the most with, that I find most challenging, um, is probably going to be um, a stayer, non-stealing. And it is for the reason that I gave before, you know, a lot of the time I get lost in my own mind, you know, the whole being stuck in the past <clears throat> or worrying about the future, you know, replaying events that happened. Um, so I think a stayer for me, the non-stealing is the one that, it's not that it resonates the most, but it's definitely the one that I, I recognize that I need the more, the most work in. So that's the one I kind of like veer towards. And non-possessiveness and avoidant attachment. That's how I know you girls be on stuff. I love it. Being myself. Being and do you find, do you find that at different times in your life, these change a little bit? Or do you find like, it's always like a stay up for you? Or do you feel like sometimes in your life, like, it just kind of goes up and down. Yeah, definitely, 100%. I feel like as you're going through anything, um, things change, you know? Like, if even if you think, right? Even if you're thinking about, okay, relationship, for example. When you were 20, your list for the perfect partner, it probably changed from 20 to, like, 30 to, like, whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? So just as you're going through life, things that you kind of feel are more important at one point are not necessarily as important in different spaces and different scenarios and with different relationships with others and with yourself. So yeah, it definitely changes. It's yeah. a short version. <laughs> yes, girls, look at all this, girls. Love it. Fire emojis and all the things. Bat, 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 my G's. <laughs> so, oh yes, says Nick. So, gang, we've done a whole hour. We've done the five yamas, which all tie into the first limb of yoga. Um, just give us a little bit of a thumbs up if you feel like you've learned something new today. If you felt like this live has um, given you something that maybe that you weren't necessarily aware of before, because that would be really lovely for us to know. And in our next few sessions, as we've said, we're going to be exploring... Um, the additional limbs of yoga. So we've done the first one. So next week, Monday, same time, same place, we'll be going into, uh, what? I can't even speak. We'll be going into the second <laughs> limb of yoga and we'll be continuing that over the next couple of weeks. So yeah. We yep. And again, if you, if you guys would like the little worksheet where you can kind of use the prompts to kind of see where in your life you're already using some of these without even knowing or, you know, where you can implement some more. Um, just, you know, shoot us a DM either to myself or Escala and we can um, get your email and then we'll send we'll it to you. you up, guys, we will hook you up. We got you. We got yep. you, man. <laughs> See all that masculine energy? Yeah, gotcha. For real, allow me, sorry. South London, innit? Allow me. But, um, yeah, <laughs> so ladies, very informative and insightful. Thank you, thank you. 
guys thank for being you. in the space with us today Laya thank you so much for um even you know deciding to co-create this with me I really appreciate it it's been a beautiful experience and yeah gang we'll we'll be back next week Monday <laughs> Tina says hook me up I've got you babe don't worry um now we're in the house <laughs> so again next Monday half past seven we'll see you there we'll see you then thank you my love bye everyone <laughs>